Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Dan Whedon, and this is Unleashed the Podcast. Thank you for joining me if you're watching right now on the live stream or if you're listening later uh, on one of the many places you can find us in the podcast world. Uh, this is Unleashed the Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and now I'm on Pandora Podcasts, so I can turn it on while I'm on my TV and listen on Pandora while I'm doing my work. And while you're there, you might as well, you might as well just rate it a five. Uh, we would love that. I am really, really excited about my guest today, Gary Furr. Uh, Gary is a friend of mine and a colleague. We are in the same global mastermind group. And even though we're global, Gary's just right down the street in Portland, just a quick three-hour drive away. Uh, so I'm excited. We're going to talk to Gary today about banking and finances and everything that, whether you're a small business, a medium-sized business, or a large business, you need to be doing to make sure that you're taken care of regardless of whatever pandemic or calamity occurs. Before we get to Gary, one final thing. I have a patron page up now. I've got two patron-only bonus episodes in the bank for you. So all you got to do is sign up to become a member. We have three different levels starting at $5 a month. And even on that one, you get the bonus episodes. Uh, the most recent one is my conversation with 2001 world champion of public speaking, Darren LaCroix, who will give you some thoughts on becoming a better communicator, whether you're up on stage on the platform or you're talking to your employees or investors or heck, maybe even bankers. So anyway, enough of that nonsense. Gary Furr, welcome to Unleash the Podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. It's good to see you again, too. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's been it's a while. Good. It's, yeah, I think it's been a week or so yeah. <laughs> since we've seen each other. But Gary, listen, I, I, I thought this was the right timing to have you on as so much news is coming out now about the next round of the PPP right? Uh, people have been besieged with all of that information. They're talking to their bankers that are the relationship managers at those banks. And they're finding out if they didn't find out the first time how important a banking relationship is. Gary, you have a book titled How to Make Your Banker Happy. How do you make your banker happy? <laughs> well, that's actually relatively easy to do. If you know, if you know what your banker really wants, um, so and talk about up, that a little bit. Talk <coughs> about uh, why you wrote the book and some of the concepts around that. Well, I wrote the book because many times when I interact with clients, one of the questions I always ask them, Dan, is, "Do you know your banker?" More often than not, they'll say, "No, I don't know my banker," or they'll say, "Yes," and then I'll ask, "When was the last time you talked with your banker?" And they say, "It's been a long time," and that's a mistake. Because what happens is that we think, oh, we don't need our banker and we'll go along, go along and then business change like the pandemic, for example, and the need for PPP money and you need to know your banker. And so you go in to visit with your banker and the banker's either not there anymore or has moved on or they don't know who you are. So having established that relationship with your banker in good times will help you navigate bad times. And I learned that lesson when I was operating a $40 million company that business didn't always go on an upward trend. And so knowing our banker 
during those down times helped us navigate those difficult times. Did something happen over the course of the past years or decades where that relationship with the banker seemed to maybe not become as important? I don't know if it's technology or what, but I, I seem to feel like, you know, 40 years ago, even though I wasn't, in, I was a kid back then, but it seemed like bankers would be, seemed to be much more involved with business, you know, and that's at least what it seemed to me. Has there been an, an issue around technology where small and medium-sized businesses are not regularly talking to bankers and maybe bankers aren't regularly talking to them? I think what you're saying, Dan, is a consolidation of banking where big banks got bigger and they gobbled up uh, smaller banks. And in the course of doing that, many of the small to mid-market banks uh, were went away. And the problem you have with the big banks and nothing wrong with them, but they tend to have individuals working there that are on an upward growth uh, track. So they're there, they start out in the, you know, the, on the floor and they wanna work their way up. And so oftentimes when you go into those big banks, the banker you were interacting with previously is no longer there. So you may have established a relationship and you go back and that person's gone, they've moved on. So I've always recommended the small to mid-market banks, which tend to be more community-based. The bankers tend to be there for a long period of time. They get involved in their community uh, and they have uh, their feet on the ground. So they're out there in the community getting engaged. And so you can establish a long-term relationship with one banker. Well, you know, and I, it feels like from what I heard in the first round of the PPPs, those smaller community banks were actually getting stuff done faster for their clients and some of the larger ones. Was that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times uh, businesses that were dealing with the big banks went to them to get their PPP money and they were focused on their big customers that right. owed the money. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. They and wanted that they wanted the payments being made. Yeah. In fact, my my youngest son is very successful and he banks banks with the a big bank and he didn't need any money. He but he wanted to get PPP money. Uh and he went in and they're like, now you, you don't have, have a loan with us. You bank here, but you don't have a loan with us. We can't help you. Wow. Yeah. So the well, smaller you, banks were were more um engage with their clients and more willing to work with them to try to get them that money. So quick story, Gary, to illustrate your point, uh, I, the bank, I, I bank, I have a couple banks I, I bank with, but the, one of the main ones, uh, I'm in rotary. I was in rotary with uh, the relationship manager and I had an account there. Uh, and when the PPP came, I just called him. I called him on his cell phone. Yeah. You know, I had his, his cell phone and he said, okay, yeah, I can help you. And literally, I mean, I think it took, all of maybe a day to get it all done. And I had my PPP in early in the first round. Now that gentleman uh, retired, I received a phone call out of the blue from, from the new person who said, I just wanted to call and introduce myself. Uh, I, I, I know you're one of Tony's uh, clients. I just want, and, and so it, it, you know, it made me think about you in the sense that here's a banker, at least on the reverse side, a bank and a banker saying, Hey, I, we, we, we've got to keep in contact with these people yeah. to see how they're doing, to see what their needs are, uh, to let them know that there's been a change, uh, from a, before we dive more into the entrepreneur side, if you had a message for banks, uh, would that be part of it? 
Oh yeah, it's it's all about the relationship. It really is. I mean, there's a lot to creating a good relationship with your banker, and it, it comes down to the numbers, really. But also, it's that personal relationship. Banks bankers like to work with people they know, like, and trust as well. Just yeah. like we as business owners like to work with customers that know, like, and trust us. What are some of the the key points, the things when in your book, uh, making your banker happy? And, and I know you've written a number of other books and you're doing a great podcast and have a great blog and we'll get to, to how people can find that. But what are some of the key strategies, the key techniques, things that will, uh, that maybe some of these business owners should be doing and providing to their bankers? Well, it all starts with the numbers, Dan, uh, focusing on the financials because the numbers drive everything in a business. And as a business owner, you need to have a really good understanding of their, your numbers and your financials and how the P&L balance sheet interact with each other and being able to provide that information in a timely manner to your banker. Uh, oftentimes, bankers have complained is that they take them too long to get information from their customers. They like to work with customers that understand the numbers, understand their financials, and provide that information in a timely manner. I think that's probably the, the number one step. The second step, I would say, would be to communicate proactively. Don't wait for things to get bad. Be communicating with a banker on a regular basis, updating them on how your business is doing, updating them with the financials, and provide a, a, a report. Sometimes what happens with small business, Dan, is we think small. <laughs> and we need to think like a corporation. Right. What would a corporation do? They would be providing quarterly reports to their bankers, right? Quarterly reports, updates on what's going on, all the financial information in a real timely manner. So I can hear maybe what somebody who's listening or watching is, is thinking, saying, you know what? I, I'm not even sure where to start. I haven't, I haven't, I've been banking here and, and I, I, I haven't talked. Is, is it, the relationship manager is the CEO. Uh, let's say they're talking to a community bank or a smaller bank. Um, if they haven't had that relationship, what's the best place or how is, what's the best way to get started? Go and walk in the door. Walk in and, the door. <laughs> introduce yourself and yeah. say, you're looking to establish a relationship with a good community bank or a local bank in your neighborhood. Yeah, the best thing is just walk in the door. And what the, should what should they look for then? I mean, you know, uh, are they sending you saying, do you want a loan? Or how how would that bank uh, best respond, I guess? And what should the small business owner be looking for in a bank? Well, the banker is going to be looking for a, a legitimate business, right? So I would walk, I would go in with um, my information about my business, my uh, in number, for example, my federal filing number, the business location. Did you say your EIN number? Yeah, I, I, yeah your okay, EIN gotcha. number. Okay. I would go in with that. I'd go in with a description of my business. I'd go in with the history of the business. I'd tell my story. I'd have all that. I'd put that together in a packet. And then the finance, current up-to-date, year-to-date financials. And I'd say, look, I'm looking to move banks. Uh, I'm looking for a relationship with a bank that will meet my needs. Here are the needs that I have. Here's my information. Let's talk about how you might be able to meet my needs. Yeah, you know, because a lot of times, as you're saying, if you're being proactive, you don't have a loan necessarily in mind. And I know sometimes bankers are looking, I mean, they're looking to, to do loans and do, you know, yeah. what you're, you're hoping not to get is a hard sell or a hard move to do that. This is about 
starting to date, right? Yeah, it is like a first date. You're just introducing yourself. You're not exactly going to get a loan that day. I would not go in the bank expecting a loan on right. the first meeting. It's like the first date. You're not going right. to hit a home run on. The, well, maybe some people do, but <laughs> most people don't hit a home run on the first date. Right. But you want to go and introduce yourself and tell them. I would tell them that you're looking around to establish a relationship with a bank that will meet your needs and just be honest with them. What's your idea uh, about having multiple banks uh, for your business, maybe for different purposes? Are you, is that kind of per, uh, per business that you'd say that depending on what they do? What are your thoughts about having multiple banks? I think it depends on the size of your business. Okay. Most small to mid-market banks, it's not necessary. Uh, the, when you get larger in business, you know, much larger, you might want to have a couple banks that you're working with. So when you say but much larger, how would you define that? In the hundred million. Okay. Range, All right. Range. Yeah. But if you're below, you know, a hundred million, I don't know that you necessarily, unless your bank is not capable of meeting your needs. Gotcha. Uh, because they are too small, then you might need to go step up to a different bank or have multiple banks. Sometimes wanna... bank, sometimes business owners will have their banking at one bank, but they'll do like uh, asset lending from a different bank for like mm -hmm. buying inventory, not inventory, but you know, equipment. And some banks, there's banks that are better equipped to finance equipment. You might want to go to a different bank to do that. You know, we've just spent, I, I know you know this, we've just spent kind of a, 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 a tough year dealing with a pandemic and some industries really have been hurt harder than others as all of us, but all of us have been affected. So as we, we dive into 2021, I know you and I have been part of uh, the group in writing some, some thing, you know, some white papers and some yeah. information on uh, what, to, what to start doing in 2021. From a financial standpoint, what are some examples and, and strategies that small and medium-sized businesses should be thinking about here mid-January 2021, coming on, you know, hopefully with the vaccine on the way and all of that, what are some top of mind financial strategies small and medium-sized business owners should be thinking about? Number one, build a cash reserve. Every business should have a, a minimum of three months cash reserve of expenses uh, on in their bank. Uh, I would set that aside in a different account, but a minimum three months cash reserve. The second so before thing, you before you go into can I can I do a quick follow up on the cash sure. reserve? Let's say I'm I'm a I'm a business owner and say yeah that would have been nice, but I, I used my cash reserve in 2020, but I want to start building again. Is you know is it as simple as saying hey put a little bit aside, put five percent aside, ten percent aside, put something aside? It doesn't you don't have to put it all in one fell swoop, oh, start working right. on it. Yeah, you have to, it has to build slowly, especially if you've got yourself into financial difficulty, you need to put it, uh, you know, start de depositing slowly, but put it, make it a line item on your, on your expense report that you're going to, you're going to start saving this money. You know, there's only a few ways to make money. You have top line revenue, expenses and profit. If you want to make more profit, you either have to increase top line revenue or minimize expenses or both. Right. So it's line item, line item analysis of your expenses and how are you spending your money? And I find that many times business owners have no clue on how they're spending their money. It's they're just spending it. They're not doing any kind of analysis 
on a weekly basis or monthly basis or even a quarterly basis in order to manage those expenses in order to maximize the bottom line revenue. So I, I had interrupted you on the uh, on 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 having that cash reserve, but I appreciate the the, the follow up on that. What what comes after cash reserve? Stop avoiding taxes. <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, everybody. Nobody wants to pay the tax man. Yeah, but if you're in tax avoidance. You're not in wealth creation. And as a business owner, we need to be focused on creating wealth, not avoiding taxes. What happens oftentimes at the end of the year? business owners will pay out their profits in terms of bonuses or dividends to themselves or to their employees in order to avoid taxes. And the problem with that is a short-term strategy with a long-term negative effect because you're not building wealth in the business. And when it comes to bite you when you go in two instances, when you go to borrow money from a bank, because the banker turns to the second page of your balance sheet and looks at retained earnings. And if you've been avoiding taxes and not building wealth, you don't have any retained earnings. I can't tell you how many times I've seen balance sheets with a negative retained earnings. That's not good. And the other time it comes back to bite you is you want to sell your business. You have not built any wealth in your business and businesses are sold on a multiple of EBITDA. So right. if you haven't built any wealth, your business is worth nothing. And I'm going to show off now for those who may not know what EBITDA is. It's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Are you proud of me, Gary? You're was, a smart guy, yeah. Dan. <laughs> but, I already, but I already knew that. We'll see about that. Okay, so so ca cash reserve. Uh, uh, make sure you're still paying your taxes. Is there? I'm gonna. Is there anything else that maybe what I'll, I'll phrase it at is? What are other mistakes you've seen businesses making that they need to, to switch over and, and change? Business owners, uh, I find, don't do any metric analysis of their line item expenses. So, for example, what is cost of goods sold as a percentage of revenue on an ongoing basis? How does that compare to previous years? How does that compare to your best year ever? Mm. What are your line item expenses as a, as a percentage of gross profit? And how does that compare to previous years? How does that compare to your best year ever? I like to compare to their best year ever rather than industry average because industry average is average. There's some below, there's some above. But if you compare to your best year ever and you're starting to do metrics and you start tracking those metrics on a month-to-month -month basis, you develop a trend line. And remember the trend is your friend and you follow that trend line and you can start to see things happening in your business in real time and you can start to see where the line is headed so you can ask better questions in order to make better decisions. Do you ever find that the CEO, and we're, we're probably talking a little bit larger business, businesses now, the CEO has given off the duties to a CFO or a controller or, or somebody else within the organization and may get reports, but doesn't really dive into them. They're, they're the founder of the business. They created the product. They created the service. Uh, they're, they're knee deep in, in, in this other stuff. And they've hired somebody to do the financials. And yeah, I got the report, but I didn't really read it. Does that ever happen? <laughs> People on the, on the podcast might not see you smiling, but does that ever happen? Yeah, way too many times than you'd like to think. And oftentimes... Um, what happens is there's a crisis because they find out their CFO has been embezzling money <laughs> and it's too, they've got millions already yeah. and they just finally found out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've actually ran into that many times. I, I had a client years ago uh, when it was an insurance client and they had an employee dishonesty claim because their their bookkeeper had stolen $25,000 from them over the course of a, a, a few years, two, two, three years, a small business. So 25,000 significant, was significant. And uh, his comment to me was, gosh, I, I, I could never imagine that she would do that. And I said, well, of course you didn't. That's why you, That's why you hired her to begin position. with. <laughs> but they found out because she went on her honeymoon. By the uh, way, her, her, her new husband had no idea she was pilfering money. Uh, they, their marriage didn't last long, which they went on a honeymoon. And so she was gone for two weeks. So somebody else had to dig in. <laughs> and that's one of the things when I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing crime insurance, which employee dishonesty is, is that, you know, are you, are, is, is the person in charge gone for two weeks? Because that's usually a time, if it's a couple days, somebody may not look at it. But if it's two weeks, somebody is. Is that one of the kind of the best practices on from a financial standpoint? Usually you have to be cautious of a employee in that situation that won't take vacation. Right, right. Because <laughs> they're afraid you will find out what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, we're getting, we're, this is, I'm going to have you back on again. I know that I, as, as we kind of head out, you've given some great advice for 2021. If there's something that you haven't been asked by me yet, but think, boy, I want everybody to know this regarding financials and banking and, and planning for 2021, what would that be? Get back to the fundamentals of business, pay attention. Uh, don't, what happens in business oftentimes when you're making money, and I think pre-pandemic, there were a lot of businesses that were making money we tend to get complacent yeah. and we stop paying attention to the fundamentals of business. And you really, really have to be paying attention. You can't take them for granted. You have to get into the numbers. You have to understand those and build that relationship with your banker. Cause here's what happens with banks. They want to loan you money when you don't need it. <laughs> they don't want to loan you money when you do need it. That's so right. you need to already have the relationship established. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, everybody, Gary has a fantastic blog. I subscribe. Uh, his podcasts are on there and he's got a, a bevy of books. Gary, take a few minutes, talk about how people who are either listening or watching can find and get more resources from you or even uh, connect with you. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's Gary Fur. that's F-U-R-R, two R's, at GaryFurConsulting.com. If you go to my website at GaryFurConsulting.com, there's a, my blog post there. You can sign up for it. It's free. I have a podcast channel called Turning Com uh, Complexity into Simplicity. That's on there too. There's all kinds of free resources on there. Or you can email me at GaryFur at GaryFurConsulting.com. So I, I lied. I got one more thing, but it's not business related. <laughs> Gary and I have been doing some throwdowns on Instagram, uh, which I—he's been killing me lately. Uh, Gary is a, a very, a very good uh, cook, and I think it's actually upped his game with the pandemic because he doesn't eat out as much as he did. Uh, right. What's what's for dinner tonight? I, I oh. in fact, Barb's making ours. I, I, I've, I, I'm gonna have to do something tomorrow. What's for dinner tonight or this weekend? What's the best thing that you're making? I, I haven't, I haven't even thought of dinner tonight yet. So, <laughs> What's we, the best thing that you've made in the last week? Oh, sure paella. That. I make a mean paella. A mean oh, paella. A seafood paella that far surpasses anything that you can get here locally in Portland. 
I, I think that that's going to have to now be uh, one of your next podcasts is, is, your, <laughs> is the Gary Furpaella. Yeah. So anyway, Gary, thanks for having joined us today. Really appreciate it. Everybody else, listen, unleashthepodcast.com. Uh, become a patron member, or at the very least, just subscribe, uh, tune in uh, and, and catch us on Amazon, or excuse me, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Pandora Podcast. Heck, it's still dangerous out there. Wear your mask, be careful, be safe, be healthy, and above all, be unleashed. Be unleashed.